Towards the end of Surah Yusuf, we find a beautiful ayah in which there's a slight pivot from the vast majority, essentially the entire surah is one story from start to finish, with very few other ayahs sprinkled in, and this is one of them. And it's remarkable to note that when you look at the surah from start to finish and you reflect on some of the details that you find as well as the overall format of the surah, there are many similarities between the life of Prophet Yusuf and Prophet Muhammad Very broad, simplistic overview is when you look at the first half essentially of the story, it's one hardship after another. And then there's a singular moment in which there's this thoroughly positive pivot and then after that things go from getting seemingly worse to worse to worse, there's that pivot and then things get better and better and better. All the way at the end of the story of Prophet Yusuf what does he tell his brothers who eventually apologize to him? I'm not going to hold you accountable today. May Allah forgive you. Allah is the most merciful of those who show mercy. There's an important subtlety in this part of the story though, just a very quick side note, that they came to him, they apologized first, so they took accountability for their mistake, for their shortcomings. This is the, the fourth characteristic of a sincere tawbah with Allah Azza wa Jal. The fourth characteristic that we know from our deen is that if there's something between you and another person, then you have to fix that too. You have to find a way to either apologize or make amends or uh, reparations, whatever it may be, that has to be present. And this is our deen, plain and clear. So they eventually come to him, they apologize to him, and this is his response. In the life of the Prophet ﷺ, eventually there's the remarkable conquest of Mecca, and what was the response of the Prophet ﷺ? to his people, who at that point in time, there were very few individuals, you can count them on your fingers, who had essentially crossed a red line. For them, they were on a special list. But for everyone else, his response to them, the statement that he offered them, la alaykum al And it's no coincidence that he quoted Prophet Yusuf in that specific instance. There was a sense of remorse within the masses of the people of Mecca. And he recognized that, And so for them, he had the capacity within him, to pardon. This is the, the, the story component, which is the bulk of Surah Yusuf. After the story, within the same surah, you find this ayah in which Allah is telling the Prophet, to say something. And it's always good food for thought whenever we reflect on any ayah that we find in the Qur'an where we find the word qul when Allah is telling the Prophet to say something it's interesting that 
that word is still included within that ayah itself. There's food for thought to reflect on those different types of ayahs. For example, you have, you have there are many examples. One example, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدْ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقْ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ The fact that that قُلْ say is included within it contains a lot of wisdom and a lot of benefit that we can derive from a standpoint of reflection. The surah could have just been هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدْ اللَّهُ الصَّمَدْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ But when that قُلْ is included, there's something that we're supposed to reflect upon. So at the beginning of this ayah, Allah is telling the Prophet قُلْ to say something. This specific Prophet whose story mirrors the story of Prophet Yusuf in many, many ways. So all the way towards the end of the surah, Allah is telling the Prophet to say something. قُلْ هَذِهِ سَبِيلِ أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى بَصِيرًا Say, so imagine Allah is revealing this verbatim ayah to Jibreel and then Jibreel السلام, brings it to the Prophet السلام, and Jibreel isn't just telling the Prophet قُلْ هَذِهِ سَبِيلِ أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى بَصِيرًا but that قُلْ so it's not just Jibreel telling the Prophet to say something and the Prophet says only the part within the quotation marks but even that word قُلْ is included exactly as Allah intended so Jibreel is revealing to the Prophet is he's the messenger regarding wahi, regarding revelation, to say something. So imagine the Prophet hearing this, but then the Prophet also recites it. So imagine praying behind the Prophet in Medina, and you hear the Prophet reciting, قُلْ هَذِهِ سَبِيلِي أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى بَصِيرَةٍ أَنَا وَمَنِ اتَّبَعَنِي There's powerful food for thought just within that. To reflect that. The Prophet isn't saying this of his own accord. The Prophet is saying these exact words. And there's an extra reminder of that at the beginning when we find Qul. On behalf of who? On behalf of Allah Azza wa Allah is telling the Prophet to say, Say, أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى بَصِيرًا I'm calling to Allah with vision. عَلَى بَصِيرًا With this vision of the heart. With clear understanding of the heart. I understand what I'm calling to, and I'm compassionately calling to it with wisdom. Allah doesn't just say, call people to the path. Allah gives us conditions. Allah says, call to this path. Invite people to this path. If somebody gives a dinner invitation in Ramadan, how do they give someone that dinner invitation? That iftar, iftari invitation. You don't go and attack them and then say, by the way, you're invited next Friday. You want to invite them with love you, because you genuinely want them to show up. So it's reflected not just in the event itself, the moment itself, the occurrence of the iftar or the dinner, but it goes before that. It, you have to trace the steps much further back than that. How's the invitation offered? What's contained within that invitation? Allah is saying, invite to my path. Invite to this way. With wisdom. And in, in, in a good way. With good words, with kindness, with compassion. So it's not just go and call it however you want and do whatever you want. There has to be wisdom involved. 
There has to be compassion. There has to be kindness. There has to be an understanding that this is an invitation. If somebody opens a new business, how are they going to invite people to come and try out the samples, for example? Say it's a restaurant, a bakery, whatever. They're not going to go and, and yell at people passing by, hey, get inside right now. I have some delicious free food for you. <laughs> no, just because they're rude, they're going to walk away. You can keep your stuff. I don't, I don't care how good you say it is. First of all, I don't believe you because character matters. In addition to that, it could be the best food in the world. I'm, I'm not interested because of the character of the person. Allah is telling us through the Prophet telling us, First of all, this is my path. I am choosing this for myself. So we're supposed to reflect on this. This path of Islam at some point or another, generally speaking, typically when someone is a teenager, at times after that as well, yes. But especially when someone's a teenager, there's so much internal discussion of where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? And there are these existential questions, which is what's supposed to happen? And then there has to be, at some point, there has to be this internal jump, this internal decision, especially if somebody grew up in a Muslim household, am I going to continue to be Muslim because I choose to follow Islam and I genuinely believe in it? Or not? Because following something just because your parents followed something is only going to take you so far. And this is important especially for the parents to understand that it's, it's not enough for the parents to be Muslim, especially in this country where we live, in this society where we live, to just assume that our kids are going to inherit this path from us. The first requirement, I have to choose this path for myself. I am adopting this path for myself. This, this makes sense to me. This fulfills something within me, within my soul, that other ideologies simply don't fulfill. They don't come close. First of all, this is my path. You have to believe in your own quote-unquote product first before you go and invite other people to it. And when you invite other people to it, it has to be with wisdom, with love, with kindness, compassion, with a smile. I gave the example of a dinner invitation. Let's step it up a notch. How about a wedding invitation? People go to the ends of the earth a lot of the time to focus so much on virtually everything before the wedding. I mean, forget the marriage, but there's so much invested in the cake and the decorations and the cards and the... Let's just focus on that portion for a moment for today's discussion. There's so much effort put in for even the invitation because it matters so much to these people. They, want, they are very careful selecting exactly what's going to be included, exactly even what colors, what's the aesthetic, what's the style. Do we want this font or that, or, or that font? Where should we place the words? What, how should we go about all of these intricate details because there's so much care regarding that invitation? MashaAllah. If that's for an invitation to a wedding, how about an invitation to paradise which we hope to end up in forever and ever and ever. We ask Allah for that for all of us and our loved ones. And if we want to get there, part of that path for us getting there is we, we want to share this gold as much as we possibly can. We don't just want to hoard it for ourselves. 
We don't just want to keep it for ourselves. You know, this is so sweet. This is so amazing. I want to share this with other people. How do you share it? It has to be with loving kindness, with wisdom. When we teach Islam to our kids, it has to be with kindness and compassion and wisdom. To the youth in the community in general, the same thing, compassion, kindness, wisdom. And the beauty about Islam, and it's contained within this ayah as well, it makes sense. For the youth who are wondering about a lot of questions, which is fine, it's a good thing to have questions. It shows that you're curious and you're genuinely sincere. You're going to find the answers within Islam. And if you first come across an answer and it may not make complete sense, chances are there's another answer and there's going to be a better answer. That's going to make a whole lot more sense. You just have to keep searching and digging. Have a metaphorical uh, uh, like mental bookshelf. You come across something. It may not make perfect sense at that time, but you know there has to be an answer. There ha- because there's this consistency within Islam. There has to be an answer. I'm not just going to throw away the question or the, the concern. I'm going to leave it on my brain bookshelf until further notice. So it's, it's in the middle. I don't have the answer that makes sense to me yet, but I know there has to be an answer. It's just a matter of looking deeper and looking further. Looking more and more and more into it, you will get there. And I say that as someone who grew up in this country, was born and raised. You get to a point, there's so many questions, you, you got you to gotta find answers. And I got to a point, just like many of you here, where you have to make a decision. Is this what I'm choosing for myself or not? It's not enough for mom and dad to follow whatever path. For better or for worse, at some point the individual becomes responsible for themselves and they need to understand what it is they're believing in, what it is they're practicing, what it is they're investing their life direction towards. قُلْ say, This is my path. I'm calling to Allah. It's not about the nafs or the ego. It's about Allah. I'm calling to Allah. This is my path. With this spiritual vision, with this, this insight, with this understanding in my heart that my lenses are clear, this makes sense to me. And I want to share that with other people. So I'm not just calling just because. It's not because it's my path, because the my doesn't matter. It's not about me, it's about he. It's not about the individual, it's about Allah. Who Allahu ladhi la ilaha illahu. Look at the last three ayahs of Surah Al-Hashr. It's all about who Allah is, who Allah is, who Allah is, who Allah is, who Allah is. You have 15 names of Allah within those three ayahs. It's about who he is. So what we're calling to is towards Allah with vision and understanding, with clarity. Me and those who follow me. Ana wa min tabani Wa subhanallah wa ma ana min al-mushrikeen. This ayah has so much to do with identity. And if we're going to solidify our own identities, and especially for those of our kids and our youth, then we have to approach things from a standpoint of understanding. And if we don't know, if we don't understand ourselves as parents, as teachers, that's fine. That happens all the time. That's the reality. But let's find out. Let's find out and get, find out and get back to our kids or our students. Let's find out together. Let's have that discussion. They'll appreciate the honesty if you know and you tell them what you know. And if you don't know, if you're honest and you share that you don't know, they'll appreciate that. And that adds to your credibility in their eyes. 
We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to help us to understand our deen within ourselves and to share it beautifully with those who we love. أقول قولي هذا أستغفر الله لكم فسافروا إنه هو الغفور بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا إيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم What is an action item that we can do other than generally constantly trying to learn bit by bit by bit to, to more deeply understand our faith from a standpoint of Islamic literacy Aside from that, what it, what is, because that's more more long term, but what is something that we can do today that helps with the basira of the heart? Because sometimes things, they feel kind of smoky, kind of foggy, sort of unclear, kind of cloudy. Allah says in Surah Fatir, and I'll conclude with this, Allah praises this broader group, and then there are three subcategories. There are those who wrong themselves. Chances are we fall in that category if we're honest with ourselves. وَمِنْهُمْ مُقْتَصِدٌ And there are those in the middle. وَمِنْهُمْ سَابِقٌ بِالْخَيْرَاتِ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ And there are those at the forefront doing all kinds of good by the grace of Allah. First of all, Allah praised the entire group, all three categories. And then after Allah mentions this, Allah says that all of them enter Jannah. May Allah make us all from among them. أَمْنِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ There's one action item that I want to mention and I'll conclude. And it directly ties in with these three categories. If a person, if they only make a little bit of istighfar here and there, they're going naturally they're going to be in the category of dhalimun li nafsi. They're going to have some insight, but a little bit. The more they make istighfar, then they'll graduate to the middle. And the more they make istighfar, then they'll make it to the point where they're at the forefront doing all kinds of good, bi'idhnillah. There's a direct correlation and connection between istighfar and basira, the clarity of the heart. Again, long term, there's the process of learning for all of us. We all need to have the intention to be students of this deen so long as we live, little by little by little within our capacity. That's the long term vision. On a day-to-day basis though, something that's going to help us with that whole process, the mortar that keeps the bricks together, is dhikrullah, especially istighfar. We ask Allah to forgive all of us. We ask Allah to gather all of us in Jannah. We ask Allah for the best of this life and the next. We ask Allah to help us and our youth to better understand our deen. We ask Allah to give us the answers to any questions that we have regarding our deen. We ask Allah to give us vision, clear understanding regarding our deen. And we ask Allah to help us to invite others in the most beautiful and wise of ways towards this beautiful, complete Deen, we ask Allah to help us to try our best within our capacity to follow it as best we can, and we ask Allah to overlook and forgive and pardon our many mistakes.